Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, audio only edition. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. Become a diehard. Go phnx.com. The Houston Texans are in the divisional round. The Arizona Cardinals first round pick from Houston. Is it in the toilet, Bo Brock, after yet another inexplicable yet baffling and at the same time, maybe predictable victory by CJ Stroud and company thoroughly dismantling not even close, dismantling the Cleveland Browns and the Cardinals and their fan base will have to wait yet another week to determine where their second first-round pick is going to lay in 2024. The uh, second act of Joe Flacco ended uh, just like the first act. Uh, went out with a whimper. It was the uh, just a tremendous, just brutal performance by, by Flacco. Just It felt like... Pick after pick, big big play going the other way for Flacco when we needed him most. I mm-hmm. mean, we were standing on our live show on Friday. It was it was the entire crew in the chat. Everybody's like, we need those Browns to come up big and finally stop the bleeding on this. And no, it's going to continue on. So the twenty uh, first overall selection dream, uh, following you know having to kind of write those expectations after it being a top ten. Pick dream way back when, when the Texans were 0-2. Now we go back to the drawing board, and now it's a uh, top 25 pick dream. And you hope it stops there, but there's who knows? Who knows? I mean, when you've got a quarterback playing as well as C.J. Stroud, what do you go, 16 for 21 with three touchdowns? Just an unbelievable performance from from a rookie. Um, I mean, you can, you can go as far as he'll take them. So help me and our viewers, Bo, is it, now determined uh, i'm just let's assume they lose to baltimore because that's mm-hmm. who they play uh we got great matchups in the afc and nfc and we're assuming that they're going to lose to baltimore finally put the put this end this nightmare please end it please baltimore <laughs> ravens and and uh lamar jackson so we're assuming that's going to go down kansas city and buffalo regardless of what happens there they have a better record okay and they have a better seating so houston yeah. would get the last pick, the lowest pick in the AFC. But the NFC, now that the Packers are in the divisional round as a seventh seed, I'm just going to assume that the Houston Texans, and I'll have to double-check, have a better record than the Packers. I, I think the the only situation now, assuming that the Packers don't beat the Niners, is if we're looking at pick 25, 
26, like that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Like there's, unless because of the way they have their record in seeding, like, I think we're both in agreement if they, if they lose to Baltimore, which they should, Mm -hmm. and there aren't, there's not a crazy upset in the NFC, the pick is going to be 25, 26. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. And I think it is ultimately based off of, like, I, I think that the Texans, if they had lost, were in line to get to 21 somehow. Mm-hmm. Even with the, with the Packers, I, I'd have to double check what the what the criteria is. But I, I got to think it's by record, like yeah. it's like overall, because I'm on tankathon.com. This we should this is pre pod uh, prep that we clearly didn't do. Um, so they've got it right here. So Houston, if they lose is picking six, assuming the Packers do not win. The Philadelphia has won 11 games, as did Kansas City and Buffalo. Houston won 10 games. So I am I feel, I mean, I, who knows with Jordan Love and how he's playing. I would love to see the Packers beat the Niners, but I think this pick's going to be sitting at about 26 overall now, this time next week. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's it's absolutely just mind-boggling, like, how far this thing is is fallen and and just like sneaking into the playoffs like they did and then but the, but the run like we we looked at it with one of the easiest schedules uh of the entire NFL slate in 2023 for Houston that it was it was going to tough be tough to kind of recoup something that we first expected where we thought this thing was going to be like you had posted on on PHX Cardinals on on Twitter the Within the first couple of weeks, you know, all the rage was, you know, which team was was going to tank and who had the best odds. Yeah, come out with the with the top pick. First off, Carolina isn't even mentioned with that the that the Bears get via the Panthers, right? They're mm-hmm. not even mentioned in the top seven four. and a half was their over under. The Rams are also on that who uh, played, you know, I, way above what expectations they lost in a tight contest against the, the Lions last night. So, uh, and they had, I believe, the Bucks in that equation too. They had the Bucks, yeah. the Cardinals. Every team, every team listed, Bucks, Texans, Colts, Rams, not only overachieved, four, three out of those four made the playoffs, and the Colts were a, a drive away from a fourth down drop from making the playoffs. And then there's the Cardinals who, you know, fulfilled expectations of, a top four pick, but I mean, the the Panthers having a historically bad season from start to finish. I everybody over overvalued one quarterback and undervalued another quarterback in mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young. So yeah, I mean, here's what I will say: the the theme on Twitter. I think Cardinal fans can, are just taking this in stride and laughing because we've been watching this all season. Bo, the the Houston Texans started zero and two. Think about that. They have gone eleven and f- and three since then, or something to that. If hang on, no, eleven and five since then. They started zero and two, and they have finished eleven and five. That's that's incredible. And so I think we've just you and I every time we do a post game show at BetMGM or Gila River, and you're at the stadium, and it's just like or a pregame show. Houston's finishing up their game, and they're winning games in the fourth quarter, last second. This has been happening all year. We, we're just kind of numb to the pain at this point. Well, we we had created – we had our producer, Damon. We, like, we thought we were starting something great with the money tracker, <laughs> and we thought it was going to be something that we could, at the end of each and every football Sunday, if it wasn't a Cardinals win, we could spike the football 
because the Texans lost in that draft pick strengthened. And it just never happened. Like they yeah. never, they never had a tough stretch. It felt like, uh, and never truly felt the woes outside of the concussion that CJ Stroud, uh, sustained in, in that, in that season or this season. And, um, it's, it's a big time bummer. Um, and I don't think Monty Austin Ford envisioned it. I'm sure Nick Casario and the Texans envisioned like what they were doing was going to do what it, exactly what it's done and catapulted them from drafting at the top to right into, into the thick of the playoff picture. And, you know, th- there, there were a couple of examples this weekend, not to get too, too far off of, you know, the, the pick itself. Um, but from the Detroit Lions and their long road back to what's going on in Houston and some some blueprints of some coaches, and you can throw out all the stupid stuff that had been said about, you know, a defensive coach can't do this, quarterback can't elevate that, and that's not going to be enough to win in, in the NFL. Well, I think that these organizations have, have been able to buck some of those those trends and, you know, gives hope and that each and every season, like as is, we'll put you know, the finishing touches on the, you know, this season. And then you turn your eye to the next one. That's why NFL fans love this game. Like more than any other sport. Can you, can you turn things around? Uh, like you'd be hard pressed to do it better than the NFL. hundred uh, percent. And I think, you know, I, I post this on Twitter because I think this, this point kind of gets numb with with certain fractions of the fan base, but I don't know how you didn't watch what's transpired in the NFC this weekend. It's just like you don't think Kyler Murray can compete in this conference with what's going on. And I, you know, Stafford was fantastic in a loss. Jared Goff was really solid, but I mean, there there are some teams that are going through it right now. And then you have the Cardinals who are going to double down on what worked this year, which was John and Gannon's first year head coach. We're going to assume everybody returns we we have that pretty well sourced the entire staff's coming back for the cardinals they're not making any I major ask about that i mean i thought our, our friends over at phnx wildcats probably like were after arizona won a bowl game and it looked like the the landscape of the college football of college football was going to stay relatively the same outside yeah. of some of the coaching carousel and then the bomb happened this week with Nick Saban and next oh, man. Thing, oh, your world is turned upside down after kind of being one of the dominoes at the other end of it, not too far removed. They lose their coach. Like how are you watching Dallas at all with any kind of how it could impact what's going on? Not necessarily the Cardinals staff itself, but just maybe the NFC West. In, in yeah. I, maybe. Yeah, the Cardinals staff, I think, is going to be intact. Like, maybe there's a, a slim chance they lose a position coach to maybe a coordinator. Yeah. And somebody plucks, you know, one of Petzing's guys, to, and I don't know who that would be, as a, you know, a, the next Drew Petzing, right? But I don't I don't anticipate that. I, I still think Drew Petzing could get an interview at some point. Um, what do you think about, like, Dan Quinn? You think he's still destined for Seattle? I, I would say that the Seattle Seahawks – made that move off of Pete Carroll because they, they knew that they had their next head coach already. It felt that that way. And I would love to see Dan Quinn end up there. You and I <laughs> talked about it on Friday show. We had some people that listen, right. You're entitled to your own opinion. Don't think it's the correct one that said Dan Quinn would be an upgrade over Pete Carroll. Like, are you out of your mind? 
And like, I don't want to dance on the guy's grave today. He got picked apart by Jordan Love. It was really ugly. I think Dan's a really good defensive coach. I don't think he's a great head coach. And I think that that you're looking down the barrel like consistently like 7 and 10, 8 and 9, 6 and 11 with Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that. I think that would be a huge, huge um, situation, domino effect for for John and the Gannon, Arizona Cardinal fans. Because we saw what Sean McVay can do with a rebuilding roster this year. I mean, we need to start late, taking some bricks out of the foundation of this gauntlet of a division. And that that was a significant one. I don't, I don't think it makes a difference. I mean, could they pivot to like a Vrabel or somebody? Sure, of, co- of course they can. But like, is Harbaugh going there without a quarterback? No. Is Bill Belichick going to Seattle without a quarterback? Probably not. I think Bill might might be en route to Dallas, frankly. But yeah. I I I think the, the Seattle Seahawks don't fire Pete Carroll or ask him to step down if they don't have a, an idea that Dan Quinn's gonna be their next head coach. Yeah. And then Dallas, I mean, who who knows what direction they'll go as far as the overall conference? I mean, this was a team that was once again in the regular season making some noise. Now the Cardinals were able to take them down in, in week three, but you know, they're going to make changes, whether they're for the better or for the worse. They're just going to make changes. And that, that could that could benefit the Cardinals in, in the long run and, and weakening some of the powers, at least during the regular season, um, going into next season. So we'll see. It's something that is certainly something to follow. I mean, those are one, those are some of the like we talk about Bama at the college football level, like Dallas at the pro level like they sometimes can control you know where the offseason goes as far as how things shift and how significantly can i just say something real fast if the if the cowboys fire mark mccarthy that would be nine openings compared to what would we have last year like four or five max six i thought yeah Yeah, so I, i think and these jobs this year i mean the cardinals we we made an argument like we thought it was appealing. A lot of people didn't agree, but like there were a lot of middling jobs last year. This year, there are some high profile jobs with franchise quarterbacks in house, stable organizations. The Cardinals are very fortunate, and Cardinal fans hopefully understand, know this, that they were able to secure John and Gannon this time last year. Because if they if they were in this gauntlet with these other openings, not to say they couldn't come out with somebody halfway competent. I think that they they would have been doing themselves a, a real disservice with with the other teams they'd have to compete with 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 these openings. Assuming the situation is the same, like you've got Kyler coming off an ACL and all, the victim is circumstance. I know it's it's ridiculous to project that way, but I do look at it now and it's just like who's taking the Carolina job? Who, who wants to go and coach that that organization that team? Yeah. That's that's that was the vibe around the Cardinals when you were at Super Bowl week. A lot of people were like, yeah, man, this is quarterback, lame duck. He's not going to be around. Is this a, a one-and-done head coaching situation? Like, people look at Carolina like career killer. Yeah. And at least that owner will spend money. We know Michael Bidwell won't pay big money potentially for a head coach, so $15, $20 million. So I, I think the Cardinals dodged a bullet and thankfully were able to secure their head coach this time last year. Yeah, and they're not having, like, you don't have, especially when you – at Bidwell, and sure he might be he might tighten tighten the purse strings a little bit, but that he wouldn't be tantalized to go get a guy that had a career somewhere. Like, and, and I'm not saying like like would he be tantalized? Probably not by Belichick. He'd probably be scared away from the price tag. Mm-hmm. How we view somebody like Carroll, like outside of Mike Vrabel and 
Jim Harbaugh, like who, who's somebody that you can confidently say he's going to be a franchise builder because they needed a builder. Right. Right. I just don't. And then like Ben Johnson is a a really talented coordinator. When I look at this coordinator crop, like nobody like stands out like Ryan's did, like JG did um, like last season, last, last coaching carousel. Steichen was an excellent coordinator. Absolutely did turn into you know, great coordinator and turned into be a rock, really rock solid head coach. And we'll see how he does in year two with maybe he, we'll see what the jump, you know, Richardson can make if he can stay healthy. So it was, uh, it, it certainly, you could, you could see some things that could, could impact where the Cardinals are going um, from this weekend alone. Okay. So we've tabled it. The 26 overall pick potentially it's crazy. Yeah. We're in we're in 2024. We don't know where the flipping pick is. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals are picking fourth. We've talked about that at nauseum. So I have a list in front of me from statmuse.com. They do good work. The last well, the history of the 26th pick in the NFL draft. And it's it's pretty promising. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, people are gonna be like, Well, no shit, Johnny. It's the first round. I, all that to say, like, I I think. There is some good value here. Like, it's not death row, and it's certainly not the miss rate of, like, a Steve Kime in the first round. So let me let me just – I want to throw you some names, okay? You say this about – there is some advantages for a prospect going that way because it's usually going to a good team. Like, they're on a, like the Cardinals are a four-win team that are picking – Oh, that's a really good point. But a lot of these guys go – to some good situations where they're playing with some talented players. So that's not the entire case, but it certainly helps. That's an excellent point, Bo Brock. That's why you subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to go back to tw- 2009, the 26th overall pick. A little linebacker out of USC named Clay Matthews ah, went to the Packers. A little pass rusher, sure. Yes. The next year, Dan Williams went to the Cardinals. That was Good value. He didn't get a second contract. I, I, he he was certainly not a miss, but not a big time hit. Pretty pretty That's vanilla a player. Be a free agency. I think he was. Uh, I think that they 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 liked they liked him. I, I wouldn't say it was like a complete miss. He, he was an impact maker. For he sure. was a good. He was a good player on those Ray Horton defenses for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, the next year, the mega bus John Baldwin to the Chiefs. But then the following year in 2012, the Houston Texans, and this is a theme, uh, drafted Whitney Merciless. 2012 oh. was a double-digit sack artist. Good player for them yeah. for a little bit. Um, then we get a, a couple, we get a rough patch here. We get about a five-year rough patch where it's Dayton Jones, Packers, Marcus Smith, Eagles, uh, Breshad Perryman, Ravens, Paxton Lynch, Broncos, take McKinley Falcons. So it was rough. We have a rough stretch there, but we bounce back. I would say these last six picks Mm -hmm. should give you immense faith that it's going to be okay. Calvin Ridley Falcons, 2018, good player. Mm -hmm. Montez sweat, 2019, all pro player. He's got a nice contract from Chicago bow. Jordan love 2020 at the recording of this podcast, just won his first playoff game. Greg Newsom, who's been a very good player, upcoming free agent in 2025 for the Cleveland Browns. Jermaine Johnson for the Jets two years ago. And then last year, Mozzie Smith for the Cowboys. So not not terrible. And then, of course, you look at 27, 28, 29. 
I know Lindenbaum was 25th a couple of years ago. So, I mean, and, and I, you know, you may scoff at this. Austin Ford's equipped with like a couple extra third rounders. If you wanted to jump up and grab somebody, slip up a couple spots, you could, you could do that. So, Again, is it Joe Alt and Marvin Harrison Jr.? Is it Marvin Harrison Jr.? Or is it, you know, Alu Fashanu and Malik Neighbors? No, it is not that. But we yeah. we move on. You didn't get the Chicago Bears just the ultimate gift from the Carolina Panthers deal, where where you got you ended up with two top ten picks yourself. So it's uh. But look, I mean, a first round pick is a first round pick, and I think Monty Austin Ford has given you the confidence that he's going to find guys that are going to be able to that are going to have starter potential down the lo- down the road. I, I think that they've got – he's got the ability to to find talented players, guys that aren't just going to come in red shirt, and then you really don't know much about them uh, for a while. And then by the time you find something out about them, you don't know if you need to extend them. I don't think that that's going to be an issue for Monty Osford. It's got to excite you. I, I think – you know, we'll see what he can do at four if he sticks and picks there, depending on how the draft dominoes fall at the top of the draft. Um, and maybe he just does, if it's not like a Marvin Harrison type player there, maybe he's just maneuvering his entire way through this draft. I was going to ask you that. Like, Marvin's not there now. Do you think that with this plummeting of the Houston pick, that that expedites their want to trade down again? Do you think they're even thinking like that? Yeah. I do. I mean, I, I, it, they're going to weigh, you know, how far they'll drop. And then if they can stay in a prime spot to get another impact maker, a, a potential premium position like they did with Paris Johnson Jr. I think that they, if Marvin's gone or there's no like absolute slam dunk at four, even though this is a little bit deeper draft than the top of last year's was beyond the quarterbacks. Right. I think that, they absolutely would. I, that they're they're looking at really kind of peppering this roster with talent. They really need to infuse it with talent. In order to do that, they're going to have to do it with with draft capital. We're back on a Monday. The PHNX Cardinals podcast primed for an off season. Bo Brock, Damon Dog headed to the Senior Bowl in a couple of weeks. Right, we're headed to the Super Bowl week combine, and of course all the action. Daily, 4.30, Mountain Time, PHNX Cardinals, Bull Brock. If you look real quick, and I'll just give you a little, little taste, Arizona Cardinals, Tankathon, four they've got them getting Marvin Harrison Jr., and then that 26, this is the type of player that they're throwing out there. It's Braylon Trice, so it would be an edge rusher out of Washington. So, like, I think you could you could think about a Latu, a Chop Robinson, those edges there, maybe a second or third best corner on the board. But that's that's what you're looking at. So, uh, we're we're absolutely going to give you a, a good idea between now and draft day, and of course, with all those us being at Senior Bowl, there's some there's some great edge rushers already going there. There's some good corners out there. We'll we'll have the market cornered as far as all that down so of course keep it locked for phnx cardinals on twitter on instagram wherever you find podcasts and of course here on phx sports youtube page uh we got a uh we got a monday episode as well for on mlk so make sure to check us out live as usual leave a review five stars if you're feeling it on this podcast for Bob brock i'm johnny venerable we'll see you on monday 
whole city like the mayor.